Well, this is it, Rock. The season right here on this fourth down play. How many times have we said that on this drive? Rodgers in the shotgun. Three receivers left, one to the right. Packers need at least seven yards to move the chains. Rodgers gets the snap. Blitz is on. Rodgers scrambles He's left, winds up. He's got Cobb to the 10 to the five. Championship dagger of 47 yards. Kick is in the air. Gilreath will have an opportunity. He'll catch at the three between the hash marks 10. Slicing left 15 across the 20. 25-30. Gilreath to the 40. He's to the 50. Foot race to the house at the 30. At the 20. 10. 5. Touchdown, Wisconsin. And this game is underway with a bang. Okay, everybody, welcome in to try number two of Two Hand Touch, episode 12. It is Friday, December 20th. Uh, it is going to be three or four days before you get to show up at home, see your family, and have an argument on what impeachment is or isn't, uh, why Trump is good for the country, why he sucks, you know, that kind of family stuff. Or you might be having a conversation about if the Packers are still the two seed or if the Packers really suck, are they even good, even though they have 11 wins. You have all that to look forward to. Uh, so we're obviously going to talk some Packers here. We're going to go through our little own mini version of a bowl preview. Um, and then, like always, we will talk about the rest of the NFL and end it with some segments. But first... Let's start with the Packers game against the Bears last Sunday. They pulled out a 21-13 win in typical Packers fashion in two different ways. How they've been winning this year, which is very ugly. And how I feel like the Packers have won games since I've been alive, which is they get up by two or three scores in the third quarter and there's zero fucking percent chance the game is actually <laughs> over. Because you know they're going to allow the team back in, and that's exactly what they did with Bears. Uh, Bears had a chance to tie it up at the end of the game if I believe his number was 49. Uh, if you'd had some sense to pitch the ball back to Allen Robinson, the Bears definitely would have scored, but Packers got lucky on that one. Uh, we'll talk more about that play at the end, but Jake, Packers had a lot of troubles here. <clears throat> Pretty much all on offense. Uh mm-hmm. Offense had about three good drives, which is what they scored their 21 points on. Other than that, I don't think they had what you would call a successful drive, which means points to me, uh, using the clock, or flipping field position. I don't remember any any of those drives. Yeah. Any of those drives. None of those happened. And the worst part is they had great field position, what seemed like all game. And they couldn't do anything with it. Rodgers had a so-so game, 16 for 33, 203 yards and a touchdown. Um, Adams and Jones were the highlights, although... All right, let's just just straight up... Who cares about the stats? Let's just talk about the offense. First of all, drop passes. Open the game, opening drive, two drop passes on two dimes from Rodgers. I think we uh, CY MVS has not even, been getting. I, I want to know the, how many plays do you think he even played after that? 
It seemed like he dropped that ball and he just was just yanked. Yeah. I'd, I don't know. It seemed like early on in the season they were taking – I mean, there was at least one or two deep shots a game to him. He was playing more. It was like, all right, he's definitely the – looks like the number two wide receiver. Now it's like they don't even – I mean, that was the first shot they took to him in a while. Yeah. And that wasn't Rogers. even – he didn't even get his hands on that ball. That was like the no. most brutal miscatch ever. It's one thing if it like pops out, pops out of your hands, you know, like that. But like, he didn't even get it on his hands. And it was a fucking perfect, perfect yeah. pass. You couldn't ask for anything better. And then Allison drops the third down one, the third down pass in that same drive. I think Adams had a drop or two. Like it seemed like everyone was dropping the ball. And then on top of that. They just weren't giving the ball to Aaron Jones, and I don't know why. No, yeah, I think we were texting each other or whatever, but it was either entering into the fourth quarter, and he only had 11 touches on the day between running and catching the ball. So it was good to see them get him a little bit more involved in the fourth quarter, but I think you kind of – the biggest part is, you know, obviously they had the three drives that led to touchdowns, but – as you mentioned before, there's plenty of instances where they had got the ball in great field, great field position, and you know to put a team in the team away in that situation when you're up by a couple scores, you just got to continuously put you know some points on the board. And there was chances where we'd get you know on the on the fringe of field goal range, and Rodgers would take a big sack on third down, and it would push us out. And those are the plays that were just frustrating to see. Um, outside of the beginning of the first and second half from the from the offensive perspective. Yeah, I mean, when they – Rodgers, again, he's – to me, he's holding – sometimes he's holding the ball too long. That one sack in the third quarter, I think that took him out. I mean, it's – you're you're mad at him, but at the same time, he didn't really have a lot of time to react. It's like you wish the plays before he would have done more. He's still doing that shit he was when he first started, which he's trying to buy time, go for the big play, rather than take what's given to him. Um, But that's how you live and die with Rodgers. But to me, the biggest thing was Aaron Jones and then how they used Aaron Jones. So Mm -hmm. he barely gets any touches in the first half. And then they start giving the ball more in the second half. But where he got it, where he's getting his yards, it seemed, was off tackle. But then for some reason, they like after he scored those two touchdowns early in the third quarter, they still kept trying to run the ball right up the gut, and it wasn't working at all. And I just yeah. I mean, there was no. I don't think he caught a pass all game. I don't even think he had a target. Um, no. Yeah, he just yeah. had the 13 carries. That was it. And LaFleur has said for the past couple of weeks how he's the focal point of the offense, but then you just don't I, – I don't understand how you just don't utilize your best player. Yeah. I mean, without seeing, you know, obviously the, the live view of the show of the game, you don't always get to <coughs> – oh, excuse me – see the whole, whole, whole picture. But I remember watching some of the yeah. pregame coverage, and I thought – you know, a good example of what, you know, defensively, especially on third downs, you know, you we might see some defenses start to do the Packers was they use the the Patriots, for example, and they said, hey, this is a third down play. And what did the team, what did the defensive coverage do is they sent two of their linebackers at James White. They sent their safety over top of their corner at Edelman and basically said, all right, Tom, throw the ball to someone else. And, 
you know, with the Packers, it's kind of the similar. You got Devontae and you got Aaron Jones. So um, I really think in order to, it's, you know, you want to get your best players, you know, the ball. But, you know, if the if the defense is overcompensating like that, there's only so much you can do at some point. So I think in order for this offense to get hot, it's as we were talking about last week, we really need to see that some next player really step step up here the last couple of games going into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, yeah, you got to give the Bears some credit. Um, one of those players who should be stepping up uh, again, according to LaFleur is mm-hmm. Jake Kummerell, who had a nice little nifty 49 yard reception, made a nice move on haha Clinton Dix, who <laughs> it seemed <laughs> like the Packers were targeting like all game. Yeah. Uh, you know, that first play of the game, Dix got beat. Um, I understand the on the first touchdown Adams, I understand the Bears were in cover one, so Dix, you know, he's back there playing center yep. field, but Love I mean, the play call looked... right off the bat though. Just aggressive right against the Bears. Love it. Oh yeah. Great throw, great route. But again, Clinton Dix didn't know what to do, fucking sitting back there flat footed late and reading what's going on. Um he was he got run over by Aaron Jones at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lazard, who we might talk about, he had a great run block uh, on the second Jones's second touchdown. But Kumaro, uh, I think a lot of Packers have been asking for it just because he's kind of like a cult cult hero with them, kind of like Jeff Janis's. But yeah, did you know he played at uh, Whitewater, Ryan? I didn't. Oh wow! Yeah, I had fun, no fa- f- fun. Fun fact that hasn't been mentioned uh, often enough. I had no fucking idea. <laughs> no idea. Thanks for thanks for uh, telling me that. That's giving me a whole new perspective on how he plays. You're welcome. Um, Kumaro, he's made the most with the catches he gets. It's just not a lot. Um, and Lafleur has said him multiple times this week that he's going to get more. He's going to get more touches, and I see zero reason why he why you don't play him over Allison and MVS just to see what you have. Yeah, I don't know if. <laughs> I mean, not that Allison was a receiver that you know, was known to be for his explosiveness, but I don't know if he's still just kind of banged up in the year, but he definitely just doesn't seem like it's just really those, you know, eight to eight to 12 yard possessional catches on, you know, third down that he's not, you know, much of a threat from, um, you know, picking up yards after the catch. And like, like you said, Lazar, the nice thing that's great about when Lazard is out there is his size just allows him to be, you know, a blocker as well. You know, I love when figure out ways to, you know, get him the ball just a few yards downfield and essentially just use his size matchup and be able to run over some DBs to pick up pick up some solid gains for us. Yeah, I mean the Packers are gonna we're gonna talk about the Viking game, but their offense is gonna have to be a lot a lot more smooth. They're gonna need a have to get a lot more contributions from guys like Kumaro and Lazard in the passing game because you know you know Zimmer is gonna come out and he's gonna. He's going to do what you said before. He's going to try to take away Jones. He's going to try to take away Adams. Now, if the Vikings keep Xavier Rhodes on the field, uh, Adams might have another field day. But, you know, that's uh, that's that's how it goes. It's a week, week-to-week sport, week-to-week game. Uh, all right. You got anything else on the offense? Or should we move to the defense? Uh, nope. Oh, gosh, I got a horse in my throat or something. Oh, uh, no. I think I'm. I'm good. Move on. I got to get this out of my system here. <laughs> okay. Uh, defense. After playing three shitty offenses, the Packers are now 
I think, ninth in scoring defense in the NFL. They again uh, only give up 13 points, which is what we've said before is what you expect and what you want to see him do. Um, Jake, you and I made two calls last week in the pot about guys we want to step up. You said Kenny Clark. He came out, eight tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss. He dominated early. He dominated late. Uh, I picked Rashawn Gary. I said I want to see him make a play. He got a he got a big sack for uh, yep. for the pack when the uh, Bears were closing in on the red zone. Um, Zadarius Smith again. He didn't have a sack, but he had the big pressure up the middle on the Dean Lowry interception. And also, I don't know if how you about knew those this, hands Jake. by the big man. Oh, I I couldn't believe he caught that. I I know I don't. Even on the replay, I was like, how the hell did that ball not hit the ground? I mean, that one that was a bullet, and two, yeah. I have no fucking idea where. He was throwing that ball. No, but <laughs> there was—I don't know if he was trying to throw it. Like, I don't think he was trying to throw it away because it was like too good of a pass to throw away. If you know what uh, I mean? Yeah. No, I think it was just a short throw to the running back. But yeah, Lowry was right there, and that was not very much above his. It was just a laser at his helmet. Yeah. So, uh, Packers also got three more turnovers, although two of them were. I would put in the cheap category because one was a Hail yeah. Mary at the end of half. The other was the fumble recovery on all the laterals. Um, but, I mean, that's what you want to see from the defense. They are, we've said it multiple times, they're bend, don't break. They didn't allow the Bears to score until the end of the game almost twice. Um, but everyone, you know, we, they, they got a lot of guys stepping up, and that's what you need at the end of at the end of the year going into the playoffs. So I hope I hope guys like um, Gary and Lowry can build on big plays like that. Um, you know, Zadarius and Preston are going to do what they do, and so is Kenny Clark. I'm not worried about those guys. But you got any overall thoughts on the defense? You want to point somebody else out? No, yeah, I don't think anyone else individually kind of hit on the big, <clears throat> the big uh, players of the game. But I think even the points that they allowed, you know, the Bears were kind of making that push in the fourth quarter. But I think that was – one of those where it was definitely a product of the lack of efficiency on our offense. You know, it seemed like the defense was out on the field essentially the entire from like the second half of the third quarter to the end of the game. So I think the defense did a good job of holding up as best as they can. Um, not ideal that the Bears were – we gave the Bears an, multiple chances there at the end, especially with that – that last drive with the funky last play, but I think it was more of a product of our offense than it was necessarily our defense. Yeah. So listen to these drives. These okay, so after the Packers scored their second touchdown in the third quarter, these are their drives. Six plays, thirteen yards punt, three plays, five yards punt, three plays, negative three yards punt, three plays, negative five yards punt. Three plays, negative one yard punt. That's doing your defense zero help. That is four straight three and outs to end the game and a combined negative four yards. Before the last two weeks, that sounds like our uh, punt return game or what were you like negative five yards in the year or something like that? Yeah. Fucking Irvin has uh, sparked us on special teams. Yeah. That might change us, but. Packers can't do that moving forward, or they're not they're not they're not going to win their first playoff game. Whether that's a wild card game against the Vikings, or that's 
the uh, the uh, second <laughs> the uh, second round game against you know a team like the 49ers, maybe uh, the Cowboys uh, or, or or somebody like that. But um, yeah, or the Saints more likely if they hold on the two seed. So they have to get that. But I like to see. I like what the defense did. Uh, we said they got to build some confidence uh, on their defense, and I think they have the past three games. Haven't given up more than 15 points, so that's good for them. Um, yep. All right, the last play of the game. What the fuck were the Packers doing? Like, when Trubisky got the ball, I think, the second time, it's like four guys just watched him run by him. Did you yeah. notice that? Yeah. I. Had, it's like... Obviously, you start that in the prevent, like, hey, make sure you're behind everybody and then push up. But it's like, instead of, like, having us squeeze the field and push up, they can't throw the ball forward, right? So, yeah. But it seemed like we were doing a retreat drill or something. It's like the, it's like you're in a sword and shield battle and we were just retreating backwards (laughs) to the goal line. I had no, I was so confused what was going on there. Yeah, like, I mean, the first couple laterals, they went after the guy, and then Trubisky, it, like, the ball hit the ground, and he picks it up after one hop, and then I felt like three Packers were going to hit him, but then they're like, oh, wait, let's wait for him to pitch it again. Or they were like, he's the quarterback, we can't drill him? I, I don't know. Yeah. But it's like, you know, like, Bear fans, and I think everyone noticed if he would have pitched at the end, they would have scored. But me, I'm like, why the fuck didn't the Packers just tackle him right away? Like they had the chance to when he was on the other side. I I don't get it. Like I was, my 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 butthole was so tightly clenched. <laughs> I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me right now. Well, you got to yeah. be. It's like you'd have there was like two guy a guy or two that'd be like standing there close to the ball, and instead of just going after you know the guy, they were just waiting for the next pitch to happen. It's like at some point we got to just start taking some people out. Yeah, they're not just gonna keep pitching the ball out of bounds until they get yeah. out of bounds. Uh, I didn't get it, but it felt great to beat the Bears, sweep the Bears. Um, technically, no, we didn't knock them out of the playoffs. The Vikings did by winning later in the day, but we fucking knocked them out of the playoffs. Um, they can't stop bitching about the flag on the punt. Um, was it a bad call? Obviously, once you look at it in slow motion, it's a bad call. When I saw it at first, I thought it was helmet to helmet is what I thought they were going to call. Yep. I, I could tell that he didn't get there early, but um, I think nine times out of a ten, that play gets called just because it's bang, bang, and the way Tremont's head went back. Yep. You, you think it's head-to-head. Obviously, you see it in replay in slow motion. It's a bullshit call. Bears fans want the fucking refs out. You know, whatever. Keep bitching. That's going to that's gonna get called on any team. Um, Why the fuck did Tremont try to get that? Yeah, I have no, I have no idea. I think – it was one of those where it was early enough in the game, though. Like, it's not like that. Yeah, that would have been a big play in the game, but it's not because it was a tie game, and, you know, that prevented the Bears from having a walk-in, you know, touchdown, and the Packers ended up, you know, scoring on that possession to win the game, so. Oh, Jake, if you take a, you know, if you take a little gander on over to the Bears' Reddit, that was, according to some, a 14-point swing. Oh, excuse me. Because – they were convinced that if they would have gotten that fumble, they would have went right down the field and scored a touchdown. Yeah. Or a 10-point swing. Just 
just unbelievable, unfucking believable. They are delusional like that. So, all right, that's enough about the Bears. I think we ready to move on. Talk uh, about the. Or yeah, you got you got oh. something else? Well, no, I was just gonna say, like you said, talking about the old Bears Reddit. I think you kind of gotta address your opening comments where some people, even though Packers are have 11 wins on the year already, you know, just bitching and complaining about, Oh, we look terrible. We're going to get destroyed by good teams in the playoffs. And I will have to say, Ryan, if we were sitting as the Packers or like if we flipped us with the Vikings right now, we probably would be trashing on the Vikings a little bit for like looking like crap, even though they have all these, um, close wins throughout the year. Uh, but Hey, I thought one of the best quotes I've seen so far this week is someone said, you know what? If goddamn Joe Flacco can get hot in the playoffs and their offense just busts out, Aaron Rodgers could get hot in the playoffs. So I think there's still hope for, for the Packers offense. Let's everyone untighten a, get it, get a little bigger pair of underpants. So everyone's waistlines aren't all just tight and fussy all goddamn week. And, Let's just enjoy the holiday season and some Packer football, for God's sakes. I'm with you. I mean, I don't – you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we're two people that are out here saying the Packers look great and they look awesome and they're one of the best 11-3 teams we've ever seen. I think we're pretty real about about what they look like. Obviously, we're Packer fans, so we got more optimism going in. But, I mean, yeah, they don't – they win. They win ugly, and it doesn't look good. But, uh, you know, there's teams every year that do that. The Vikings got 10 wins. They got some ugly-ass wins. Look at the fucking Patriots. They're just tied with the goddamn Bengals. Yeah. And they only won because their defense and special teams scored two touchdowns again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll get to them. But you're yep. you're right. There there are some of those Packer fans out there that are like, oh, we're 11-3, we're the best thing ever, blah, 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 Vikings suck. You know, it's – it's stupid to be that fan. You gotta you gotta sit back and realize what your team actually is. Yeah. But based on what the Packers look like right now, it doesn't mean they can't make a they can't make a Super Bowl run if they yep. put everything together. So um big part of that Super Bowl run starts with earning that number two seed and they can go a long ways in locking that up on Monday night football, the final Monday night football game of the year. God, I can't wait for Booger just to destroy the – just to completely ruin the best Monday night football match <laughs> of the year. Good God. It's like just a prime rib put on a silver platter for ESPN, and Booger's going to be the guy to put, like, ketchup all over a nice prime rib, just douse it, and just be like, come on, man. He fucking sucks. I can't wait till they do the playoff game and Joe Tessitore is screaming after every every play. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! He kneeled the ball down. The half's over. Holy shit! <laughs> I don't get it. I don't nope. get the. I don't get how ESPN uh, keeps those two next year. But anyway, uh, the line started out at Vikings minus four. I'm yeah. checking now. It has moved up to Vikings five and a half. Wow. So I think you might that have alone. Might to dabble on that thing. That alone tells you what Vegas and others think about the Packers, that that is getting bet up. Yep. Nobody believes the Packers' offense can win. Um, so, 
All right, we've talked about the offense and how good the offense has got to be. The Bears and Vikings defenses are pretty similar in how good they are. Um, I would say the Vikings are much better at getting after the quarterback this year, especially Daniil Hunter is a fucking beast. Uh, But I would probably say the Vikings are a little weaker in the secondary than the Bears are. I mean, minus... I wish HaHa Clint Dix could get traded to the Vikings this week. Yeah, seriously. That's not going to happen. But I'd say it's pretty comparable defenses. I think the Vikings is a little better. Um, It's like we talked about with the Bears game, Jake. They got to get Jones and Adams involved early on in any way possible. If the Vikings come out and score early and Packers go three and out and they get in that funk where all of a sudden the floor is kind of you know, going away from what works, and that's how the Packers get in trouble. That's how I feel like the Chargers game got away from them, not so much the Niners game, but yep. it's obvious that we need to do better on offense. Mm-hmm. Correct? I mean, do do you have anything you, you want to see the Packers – do on offense against the Vikings. I think this is a bigger game for the Packers defense personally. Yeah. I, I mean, it's just like everyone's been beating a dead horse the last three, four weeks. It seems like we have that early success. You know, everyone's like, Oh, once we get from scripted plays or not, or who knows what the hell's going on exactly. But really what I want to see is it's really when you get putting, not just, continuous stall drives after the first couple ones, whether it's not necessarily you don't, you're not going to score a touchdown every drive, but let's pick up some field goals, keep the scoreboard moving. Um, and I, I was really surprised. I think I saw something today where the Packers have never won at us bank stadium yet. Granted, it's only been open for like three, four years, but still that was, that was kind of surprising to me. And then all of a sudden I thought about, it, I was like, yeah, I guess we haven't. Yeah. Packers are something's got to give on Monday night football. Cause Packers are Owen three. In uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, and Kirk Cousins is 0-8 on Monday Night Football. Yep. Because he's the reason why they lost a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football to the Seahawks, the sole reason. Not that their defense gave up, like, 35 points, but... Nope. That's a question for another time. So, Packers on defense, Vikings on offense. The Vikings might be with... Well, it's looking like they're going to be without Delvin Cook. Yep. And their backup. and their backup, Alexander Masson, who's a rookie from Boise State. He's been very good this year for them. So they're going to be down to um, – what's the kid's name from Nebraska? Uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, he's drafted Amir Abdullah. Yep, and uh, – um, Mike Boone, I think his name is. Yeah, that's it. I was going to say it starts with a B, but – Yep, so those might be their two running backs. Um, the Vikings offense line has been improving all year. That was their weak spot on their team last year, but they've gotten a lot better. Um, so they're still they're still going to want to run the ball. It's not going to matter if Delvin Cook or Alexander Madison is back there. The bad thing for the Packers is Adam Thielen hasn't played much uh, with a hamstring injury, but he came back for the Chargers game last year, last year, last <laughs> week. Um, he didn't re-injure it, so I expect him to play a much bigger, be be way more part of the game plan for the Vikings this week. Yep. Than he was last week, and then you obviously also have Stefan Diggs. You got Kyle Rudolph. You got the other rookie that the Vikings drafted, Irv Smith, the tight end. Um, so the Packers' defense is going to have their handful. This is going to be a game, Jake, that I think the D-line, Kenny Clark, the Smith Bros, Lowry, Lancaster, 
Kiki, uh, Rashawn Gary. I think those guys are going to have to dominate up front, which they did for most of the first matchup. Yep. Um, if the Packers are going to come out with a win. No, yep, no doubt. I think – I really think that's going to be the key to the Packers' defense just going forward pretty much has all year. Um, but I think if you just look at the two o- offenses between the Packers and the Vikings, it's very clear which one of the two offenses has uh, the more explosive weapons. Uh, I think in a landslide, the Vikings have more offensive playmakers than the Packers do currently. Um, yep. And I think a lot of people would argue that the Vikings currently have – a better defense as a whole. So I think it's really just going to be on, as you just alluded to, is going to be that defensive line, um, especially this, the Smith bros, Kenny Clark, just wreaking havoc and, you know, getting a Kirk Cousins, flush drum, have him just throw a terrible second down throw when he could should just throw it away, but just throws it in the middle of the field for someone just to catch it, catch a nice, easy underhand interception and house it. So, I think that uh, that's what it's going to boil down to. Yep, I'm with you. So this is a uh, huge game, obviously. Also, that that um, was that was a, just a terrible way for me to drop talking about us underhand interception. Like, what the hell was that? But anyways, we'll we'll just skip by that. I mean, I was gonna I was gonna let it slide, but you had to bring it back up. That was yeah. pretty pitiful. Yeah, I was just, just stumbling over myself. So you know, we'll just uh, we'll edit that one out. Yeah, you you meant to reference his game-winning interception for the Packers yep. in the first game. Yeah. Yep. Instead of throwing it away, he tries to throw it in a tight corner, and Kevin King makes a great play. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just ed- we'll edit that in later. <laughs> okay, we'll just we'll just keep it all in. So, playoff scenarios for the Packers. Basically, even if they lose to the Vikings, uh, they would have to lose to the Lions again, and the Vikings would have to win. Um. Week 17 at home against the Bears. And in that case, the Packers would be the sixth seed. Mm-hmm. If the Packers lose at the Vikings, but they beat the Lions, then the Packers would be um, the three seed. And they would play the Vikings again. The Vikings are pretty much locked into the sixth seed. Yep. If if they don't win the North. So um, in that case, the Vikings would be coming to Lambeau. Uh, wildcard weekend if the Packers win out and they have the same record as Seattle or San Francisco they're the two seed if the Packers win out and then Seattle and San Francisco both lose a game in the final two weeks they'll be the one seed so Seattle and San Francisco play each other week 17 uh, and this week Seattle plays Arizona and host Arizona, San Francisco. Who does San Francisco play? Do you know that? I do why, not. Why Layla. am I fucking... Layla, she is sleeping. I thought there was like a very slim chance that San Francisco would lose. They got... Um, <clears throat> well, they got the Rams. They got the Rams and the Seahawks. Rams. Yes. 49ers host the Rams. Saturday night. How did I fucking forget that? I could have just yeah. scrolled down one. And we could have seen that. So Packers need some help to get the one seed, but it is, it is in play. It is so very much so. This week we got to be Cardinal and uh, Rams fans. Yeah, that's what we need. Rams are officially out out of the playoffs, though, aren't they? No, they Ram. If Rams win out and the Vikings lose out, the Rams are in. Gotcha. 
So the Viking the Vikings win this week. Not only do they have a chance at the North, but they also knock the Ram well the Rams out if they would win on Saturday night against the Niners. Yep. So that is the Packers playoffs scenarios. Um, let's move ahead to the rest of the NFL. Jake, do you have any takeaways from last week? Any plays? Any moments? Any players you want to bring up? Oh, last week takeaways. Well, you d- the classic tee up of just the NSC East puke- pukeathon with the uh, <laughs> with the Cowboys and Eagles. That's this Sunday, isn't it? Right? Isn't that yes, the pr- it is. Is that the is that the primetime game this week? No, that's three. That's the three twenty five game on Fox. The the, uh, the game the the America's game of the week. Yes. And then I think the other one. Uh, with uh, the results teeing up for this week is the big old Pats and Bills matchup. Oh, yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun. That's a Saturday yes. game. Yes. Um, I I had two things from last week. Yep. Um, Jameis Winston's play is oh. absolutely fucking hilarious because, like clockwork, he's thrown for, like, 400 yards and, like, four touchdowns every game. But before he can get there, it's almost like he has to throw an interception. Like, he's yeah. throwing an interception, like, within the first fucking five minutes of every game. And then he goes out and just lights it up. It's like he's playing, you know, like a board game where in order to pass, you have to, like, give up two-year cards or something. And Jameis Winston's like, if you want 100 more passing yards, you must throw an interception right now. Yeah, pretty much. And he's like he loses Chris Godwin last week, like halfway against the Lions, throwing touchdowns to fucking Bashad Perriman, who has been a complete bust in the NFL. He was a first round draft pick, um, and other guys you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. So I just I just love it. Um, we're gonna get to their game here quick, but uh, the other thing I want to say, Jake, here yep. are my predictions for Ooh. teams that are teams that are gonna be looking for new coaches in 2020. All right, let's hear it, Ryan. The Jags. Who's, who's on your hot seat? Yeah. All right, Jags. The Jags. Yep. Doug Marone's out. The, Falcon, the Falcons. Dan Quinn's out. Browns. Freddie Kitchens is out. Panthers and Giants. They obviously um, – oh, no, sorry, Panthers, Redskins. They've obviously fired their coaches already. Giants. I think they're going to get rid of Pat Shermer. And if the Cowboys don't win the division – I think Jason Garrett's gone. Gosh, you think they gotta fire him either way, don't you? Unless they like somehow miraculously like make the NFC Championship game or better. I mean, I would fire him either way. Um, I think if he made like I I wouldn't even care if he made like the divisional round. I think he would have to be gone. Yeah, that's no, just I me. Agree. But I think if they make the playoffs, Jerry Jones will keep him another year because he'll be like, this is, like, progress. Which I don't get how that would be since they didn't really have any injuries this year. Their team just no. sucked. Yeah. So, But as Packer fans, obviously I think, and what probably rightfully so, is going to be the hottest name out there for a new for coaching a new team is Mike McCarthy. So... I'll let you answer this after I do. Like the best places for where I think McCarthy would go. I wrote down the Browns, Panthers, and Falcons out of those teams. 
basically because they all have quarterbacks that are in place. If you believe the Panthers are going to keep Cam Newton, which I think they will. You think they will? Yeah. I will or I should say I think they should. Gotcha. Yeah, I think who knows with his body health might be one of those weird like Andrew Luck type situations. But I think one te- one maybe surprise team that no one's mentioned until what if Jason Garrett gets fired? Do you think he would look at the Cowboy? Like that could be you got a supposedly I mean, everyone debates if Prescott's actually a legit QB or not, but he's proven himself in certain games. You got a great running game and offensive line, uh, some p- great playmakers on defense. Everyone talks about how much talent they have. It's just they haven't been able to produce, you know, similar to everyone thought we looked at the Browns of how much talent they had, and now everyone wants the hell out of Cleveland. So I think if Jason Garrett gets fired, Ryan, that could be a surprise team that no one mentioned in this uh going into this year that maybe you see McCarthy looking at I mean I think that would be a, <clears throat> I think that would be a great fit for McCarthy mm-hmm. I think I think he's sadly I think he would do I think he would do well there it'd be interesting if he's a guy who would take Jerry Jones's shit though you know what I mean yeah no that is, um, that that that's very true also that's... to your, to your list though for previous that you said one thing that has definitely surprised me down the stretch, and obviously they had the huge win this week, is the Falcons have actually played some solid football the last two, three weeks, and you kind of figure, you know, most likely a coach that's, you know, going to be on the way out, teams way underperformed this year, that players are going to definitely start to mail it in on the year, but they've been playing some solid football down the stretch. That's that's one other thing that's kind of caught my eye. Yeah, they're they're so they're so weird as a team because they had those like two weeks where they all of a sudden just played like great defense after they were like one of the worst defenses in the league and then they drop a dud against Jameis Winston and the Bucks and then they come out and they beat the 49ers I, I don't know I just think after they go to the Super Bowl they lose like that in the past couple of years they've just been so bad I think they're gonna I think they're gonna cut ties with Dan Quinn yeah but I mean, I think, they're 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 not they're another team a lot like the Cowboys. Maybe not so much when it comes to the running game, but I mean, they have all the pieces in place to be successful right away. Yep. Nope. Which totally is kind of why, which is which is kind of why I named those three teams because I feel like those three teams out of all the ones that are going to be looking for new coaches are the ones that, if they get the right coach, they could be immediately in the playoff hunt next year. Yeah, I think the the Falcons definitely got to figure out some stuff in their offensive line, um, yeah. some areas on their defense. But, but yeah, I think if Jason Garrett does get fired, I mean, who knows what? I think Jerry Jones is going to be writing a blank check to Lincoln Riley to try to get him to come to the Cowboys. But that could be a team that no one was mentioning McCarthy with entering in the year. Doesn't look like uh, I know with his Pittsburgh ties, people are thinking if the Steelers struggled this year that that would be a potential team that he got associated with but definitely with their performance I think um, Tomlin's going to be staying there so it'll be interesting to watch that's for sure who knows maybe he won't even get a job maybe not maybe he'll do what he did last year he'll interview at two places and he won't like him and he'll keep waiting so yep we'll see all right let's move on week week 16 the rest of the games with playoff implications 
uh, do we have a fucking Saturday of football? So, I didn't notice this this year, but I guess at the start of the year, um, the NFL picks five games that they um, put on Saturday, and they don't have times for. This might be the first year they've done this, actually. Um, And then they pick three that are the most interesting. Um, So, these are the three they picked. Noon, we got the Texans at the Bucks. The Texans are two-and-a-half-point favorites. At 3.30, we got the Bills at the Pats. The Pats are six-and-a-half-point favorites. And then the nightcap for the NFL games is the Rams at the Niners. The Niners are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I should probably check those lines since those have probably changed since then. Uh, Let's see. Texans are now favored by three. Pats and Niners is still the same. Um, Three great games, Jacob. Yes. Uh, my quick picks. I'm going to say the Bucks. God damn it. If they had Chris Godwin, I would. No, I'm going to say the Texans win and cover. I'm going to say the Bills cover. And I'm going to say the Niners uh, take it to the Rams and blow them out. Blow them out. Yep. That wouldn't be good for the Packers. Nope, sadly, but I think that's what's going to happen. You know what? I I don't know. I'd probably go with the Niners winning, but I think the Rams could cover. I like the other two picks. I like it for Saturday. Very A very rare, solid Saturday for NFL football. Yeah, not only that, uh, but there's also six bowl games starting at noon, which is just crazy. Yeah. Five bowl games. I don't know why. Honestly, I don't know why there's not one tonight. I don't get it. Uh, prime prime time to have a good game, but I guess not. So there's games. A lot of NFL on Saturday, which is always wonderful. They usually do Saturday games every year, just not three of them spread out like this. So, um, And three good, like, the Bills at Pats. That's going to be an awesome game to watch. So. All, all on the NFL Network, though. So, folks, find some streams, find a buddy, find your neighbor. It's got the NFL Network, and bring over a few hors d'oeuvres, maybe a case of some cold boilermakers, and just kick the feet up on the chair and have a day. Yeah, go to the local pub. Hey, that too. Go to the, lo- go to the local pub, have a few beers, meet some people. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sunday's games that have playoff implications. Big game at noon here. The Saints at the Titans. Uh, the Titans need to win to keep the playoffs' hopes alive after they lost last week to the Texans. New Orleans is favored by two. That game is on Fox. Saints obviously need to keep track, uh, keep up with the Packers slash Niners Seahawks for that one or two seed. Uh, Ravens, 10-point favorites at the Browns, so... If the Ravens win this game, they're the one seed, but it might not matter if the Bills beat the Pats on Saturday. So that'll be very interesting to see what happens if the Bills beat the Pats. Then are the Ravens going to play all their guys or what's going to happen because then that game's not going to matter. That game is at noon, CBS, another noon game. The the Steelers are uh, three-and-a-half-point favorites at the Jets. Steelers need to keep winning to stay alive as a six seed. This is also a revenge game, quote unquote, for Le'Veon Bell. 
Yep. Which I think, like, a lot of people have forgotten, and that's been completely, like, thrown to the wayside because Le'Veon Bell has sucked all year. Yeah. Or is this a revenge game for the Steelers, Jake? To just hold Le'Veon Bell to, like, 20 carries for 32 yards. I almost think it's got to be more for the Steelers. <clears throat> because Le'Veon Bell was the one that held out. So, yes, he's got a gripe that they didn't, you know, pay him or value him enough. But I think this is about the Steelers being like, yeah, proven we didn't we didn't need him. So I think, I think I'm going to go for more of a revenge game for – for my falling in the playoff ass backwards Steelers. God, I still hope they don't make it, but whatever. Um, all right, three twenty-five. We mentioned this game before. Cowboys at Eagles. The Cowboys are one and a half point favorites. Um, Cowboys win. They are NFC champs and the four seed. Philly needs to win out, so they need to win. At, they need to beat the Cowboys this week, and then they finish up Week 17 against the Giants. Um, I have no idea what to think about this game. <laughs> I can see either team blowing the other one out, or I can see this just being a really good, shitty game, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, well, all of a sudden the Cowboys just blew up last week with 40-some points after showing no life on offense. Um, but uh, I think I got a hunch, Ryan. I think the, I think the Eagles are going to pull this one out. Carson Wentz is also throwing the ball to nobody. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, literally he, they have no one. Yeah. Like his receivers don't even like there was some, ah, oh, God damn it. I wish I would have wrote that stat down, but his receivers have like, the least amount of receptions for any starting wide receiver core for this point of the year by like a billion catches or something <laughs> like that. Like these two certain receivers have combined like the 52 career receptions. It's just awful. So I don't Eagles fans are giving him shit. I'm like for what he's playing with. <laughs> I think he's playing pretty good. Yeah. But whatever. I'll say he probably re- wishes he had Rogers wide receivers. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Yeah. Greg Greg Ward, who is former Houston quarterback, uh, and JJ Arcega, 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 Whiteside, Sega. who's a rookie, Arcega, who's a rookie. That's who he's throwing the ball to. So Jesus, we'll see. And then the nightcap is the Chiefs at the Bears. I was somewhat. Surprise! Two weeks ago, they kept this as the Sunday night yeah, football game. Yeah, I cannot I guess, believe they did not flex one of the games. But I guess the Bears kept winning, so I don't know that. And maybe they just want to talk about Patty Mahomes yeah. and Mitch Trubisky and that draft all night. I really thought this had been a prime prime time to put the Saints at the Titans. That's what in that I flex position too. Just because it's kind of a different kind of matchup. The Titans are a hot team. They're they're not really on national television a lot, but. Alas, the Chiefs are going to Chile, Chicago. They are six-point favorites. Um, the Chiefs still have a shot the two-seed if they wind up with the same record as the Pats, so they're going to be Bill, big Bills fans this weekend also. Um, and the Chiefs also need to stay ahead of the Texans because 
the Texans have the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. So, and the Bears are out of the playoffs. So the Bears are just playing for straight pride. Yeah, I feel like that's got to be a weird thing in the NFL. You know, with a two week, couple weeks left, and you know your team has no shot in making the playoffs. Not that you're just gonna like cash it in, but right part of it is you don't want to get super injured for next year. I mean, and, or for some players, you know they're don't want to jack up a paycheck or something. So I feel like mentally that'd be like a weird, just a weird position to be in, in the, for the NFL, from from an NFL perspective. Yeah. I think it's different for like guys like the, on the bears too, who last week they were in like the hunt. And then this week they're not like, like you think about like the lions are playing at the Broncos this week. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think those guys are in the same mindset as as Bears players are. Um, and, I mean, those two teams are also playing a lot of young guys just to see what they got. But And, Jake, I think we have to mention what was what we were looking forward to as our potential game of the year. Uh, we were going to the go one, there. The 1-13 Bengals at the 3-11 Dolphins. If the Bengals lose this game, they lock up the number one, the number one pick. The oh the line is even now, Ooh. even the Bengals have been playing with a little bit more fire under under their old heinies since then. But they <laughs> are there. This is people are calling this one the Burrow Bowl. Um, but the Bengals would somehow have to win their last two games, which they're definitely not going to do. So, no. um, that's not going to happen. But that'll be a fun game to watch. You know. Maybe it'll be high scoring. Some crazy shit will happen. Who knows? It'll be a good time. So that hey. is week 16 in the NFL. I know. Flew by. I know. Flew I can't by. believe we're already. The, se- the season flies by, Ryan, when the Packers win in some goddamn ball games. I know. I felt like it took forever last year when you're losing to the fucking Cardinals in the first week in December. Jesus. That, sh- that might be the yep. lowest that I've seen the Packers with uh, in my memory. Yeah, that might be one of the worst, the worst Packer losses outside of a playoff game that I've ever, I've ever experienced. So, all right, that's it for the NFL. Let's move on to college football. Uh, before we do our college football bowl preview, Jake, quick thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on Joe Burrow winning the Heisman? To be expected. <clears throat> I think it's like we talked about last week. Did you watch it? Nope, didn't care. Yep, me either. I mean, everyone knew what the result was, but still, it's like, it's such a long production. I think if Jonathan Taylor would have made it for the Badgers, I probably would have at least watched his portion, but I just just don't think it, I mean, it's still a meaningful award, obviously, for, for for the players and stuff like that, but I just don't think it means as much to the, from a public perspective standpoint. Yeah, like... I was thinking if there was ever a mission guy up for the Heisman, like I think I would just like tune into like the last thirty minutes. Like I would just tune in the announcement, like just to see if he won. But I just I don't know. I just think as fans, fans just don't care about that as a word as much. So Yep. Whatever. Expected to win. All right. Let's do our bowl preview. This is how we're gonna do it. We're gonna we got eleven little little tidbits we're gonna pick here. Um, and we're just going to go through them back and forth. 
who wants to start first? You want you want to start first, then we'll just alternate in who goes first. Sure. <clears throat> you can dish up the first one, and I'll go first. I got a surprise first one. I think Ryan, you'll be surprised of the one I jotted down. You didn't jot down, or you did jot down? I did jot down. Oh, oh, yeah. All right. Let's start with yeah. We'll just work our way one through eleven. All right. Favorite bowl matchup. The caveat here was we weren't gonna pick the college football playoff games or our teams games. So for Jake, the Rose Bowl was out of it. For me, the I already the Citrus Bowl was out of it. Uh, so Jake, go ahead. Your your favorite bowl matchup. I think. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> Maybe not favorite, but most intriguing matchup for me is that actually works. is actually going to be my arch nemesis, Ryan. <laughs> And it's going to be the Auburn versus the fighting P.J. Flex. I think, I think as we talked about before, Minnesota got a great, you know, from matchup from a, just a national attention perspective. And I think, you know, they're a team that had a soft schedule. So I think this is another game where you can actually see what the Gopher team was actually made of. And I think Auburn was also a team, as we talk about every year, and starts the year overrated. Um, they did beat Alabama this year, but I think it was kind of like a little bit kicking a dog that was down a little bit with two out and having lost to LSU and realizing that, you know, their playoff hopes was, was not looking too hot from that perspective. So yeah. I think you'll kind of get to see a little bit from uh, Auburn's perspective. So, um, so yeah, I think that was a matchup that intrigued me. I like it. So I think I went, I went with the – I don't know why, but I just really, out of all the games, I just really want to watch this one. The Holiday Bowl, Iowa versus USC. Yes. Is what I went with. Uh, USC, big-time scoring offense. Obviously, Iowa with a good defense. Mm-hmm. Little little Big Ten action. Hopefully, they can win. Um, I don't know. That game just stuck out to me. The other... The other two uh, honorable mentions I had were Camping World Bowl, which is Iowa State versus Notre Dame. And I really – I love the Gator Bowl matchup with Indiana and Tennessee. Oh, yeah, I was actually looking at that one too. I don't know why, but that one just stuck out to me. Uh, maybe it's because Indiana had like a good year and Tennessee was trash and, I'll, and then they won a bunch of games at the end and they're feeling high, so – all right, from our favorite bowl matchup, we're going to go to our least favorite. I'll go first this time. This was easy pickings for me. I went with the Orange Bowl, Virginia versus Florida. Oh, that's a good one, shit. The, I should have probably picked that one. These two teams just bore the shit out of me. Um, Obviously, Virginia from the ACC, who knows how good they actually are. Florida, they went, what, 10-2? and two? I don't think any other games are actually exciting. The Orange Bowl just never does it for me either. I don't know why, but I could, I couldn't care less about this game. Yeah, no, I actually that should have probably been my pick too. I like it. Um, I yeah, Florida just they have a good. They're known to have a good defense, not a super exciting offense. Um, R.I.P. your 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 favorite section from earlier in the year, um, but but yeah, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back, but yeah. He'll be back, just not on Florida. No, 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 no interest from that for me. Um, Mine was I had the Penn State-Memphis. As I said, terrible 
like knowing the Badgers would have been my worst nightmare if they got a lot of that. A, no <laughs> one cares if Penn State beats Memphis. I think Penn State's a little bit of a fraudulent team, as you think too, that they just have big big play. They their offense does nothing. They look like crap, and then they just have a couple big plays or a couple big turnovers. So maybe that's a game that ends up being super high scoring and a little bit fun, but but not much of an interest. I think that game always ends up being a very early game, like the 11 a.m. game or something like that. Yeah. Uh, waking up New Year's Day, 11 a.m., probably hoisting a nice hangover. Uh, probably not a game I'm looking to turn, tune into. Uh, is That one's on on New Year's, actually. Oh, it's not anymore? No, I think the Cotton Bowl. I know there's always one one big game that's on that. Uh, it's on the 28th, I think, before oh, the two playoff games. Oh, it got moved up this year. Gotcha. Yeah, there's there's always one game that's before the two playoff games. And again, I don't understand why they do that. You're going to market that as your one of your six biggest games, yet you're going to put it at 11 a.m. Yeah. It just doesn't – I don't know. It just doesn't fucking make sense to me, but whatever. Yeah, I'm yep. just double-checking. Yep, that's at noon on ESPN. Dude, yeah. So. On the 28th, so. All right, let's move on to number three, your underdog pick, the underdog that will win outright. Jake, yes. go ahead. I believe there are seven point dogs currently when I when I looked when I was making this pick. They are. And I am taking the old white bearded Lovey Smith leading the <laughs> the fighting line uh Illini over the Cal Golden Bears. I think they've been playing good football down the stretch. Uh and yeah, I think that, that is that is my underdog underdog matchup out of nowhere just to prove that it wasn't that terrible of a loss for the Badgers, Ryan. Not the worst loss in the decade of the century. <laughs> they lost to a team that won a bowl is basically what you're saying? Yep, exactly. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Uh, mine, I already mentioned this game before. It is Indiana over Tennessee. Uh, I felt kind of cheap picking this one because Indiana is only like one and a half point dogs, but – I'm just going by the rules that I set. Yeah, for that was a little BS, but whatever. Myself, <laughs> myself, and like I said before, I forgot my notes at work, and I forgot who my first pick was, and it definitely wasn't them. So, but I'm going with Indiana. Um, I don't think I picked a uh, no. I some of these I got honorable mentions for, but I like I like uh, Indiana to pull off the upset. Um. Number four, cover pick. So this is our favorite cover, whether that's a favorite or a team that's going to cover the the point spread in in the opposite way. Um, And Jake, I went with your underdog pick. Ooh, I think I think Illinois covers the plus seven against Cal. That is the one I am most confident in. Love it. You know, see, we're somewhat thinking together. I might be a little bit more confident than you, but. There we mm-hmm. go. Uh, and then we haven't talked about them for a while here, Ryan. You know, they might have not got the the MAC conference victory we were shooting for, but the Ohio Bobcats are in the potato bowl. They're coming out hot versus the Nevada Wolfpack. I think they're seven, seven-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm looking at a double-digit uh, victory for the Bobcats. Ooh. The faint Friday, January 3rd. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. They got like one of the a, latest bowls. 
Yeah, there's a bunch of bowl games after the uh, the first, which I like. Which I like. It's kind of cool. I mean, none of them are... Uh, well, Indiana and Tennessee play Thursday, January 2nd. I'll be glued into that one. So, all right. Uh, game that will go over its total. I went with the Texas Bowl, which is Texas A&M versus Oklahoma State at 53.5. This felt low to me. Yep. That was another one I was looking at as well. I like it. What did you say? What 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 was the one that you or what was that? Fifty three, you said. Fifty three and a half. Yep. Fifty three. Yeah, I think it, mine was slightly different, but yeah. No, I like it. I am looking at my old faithful Ryan, the uh, my Wisconsin Badgers versus the Oregon in the Rose Bowl. I think the over under when I looked at it. I'm gonna refresh now so I make sure I don't jack it up. Ooh, or no, it went up slightly to fifty one. I think we're I think we're looking at maybe a fairly close, but I think I think the Badgers could put up thirty in this game, Ryan. I really do. I think it's gonna be a thirty to mid mid twenties close game, maybe thirty two, twenty five, something like that. Uh so yeah, I think it I think the I think this game's marching to the over. Yeah. I uh I like that. I like yeah, I think that'll be I think that'll be a higher scoring game. So that's a good pick. Um, all right, game that will go under its total. Jake, you can go first. Let's see. I had it. Ooh, so I, I forget. I didn't write down. I don't even know what the hell bowl this is in. But I had FAU versus SMU. I think the over and under in this was sixty-eight point five. Obviously, yeah, Lane it was really Kiffin, high. Lane Kiffin leaving FAU. So I think whenever that happens, I don't know if he's coaching them or not. Did, probably should have done some of that week research before I <laughs> made this pick. No, but he's not. He's not. Okay. So there, you know, you got a little turmoil there. So that's going to affect their their squad's performance. So I saw a number close to seventy. Head coach leaving. I think that's a good uh, good underpick. Yeah, I like it. So I went with the <laughs> I went with the dangerous underpick. So Ooh. I took the I took the pinstripe bowl, which is Michigan State versus Wake Forest, and the over under is forty nine. Um, I hate Michigan State's offense, and I have no idea how good Wake Forest actually is. Combine that with that game being played in New York City at the end of December. Who knows on that on fucking in Yankee Stadium in that weird field. It just screams under to me. The 49 kind of scared me, but I just don't see a lot of points in that game. So, Oh, yeah. Michigan State's offense has been god-awful this year so far. So, Yeah. All right. That's what I went with there. Um, all right. Best mascot matchup. Um, I'll go first on this you one. Go first. So. I went with the New Mexico Bowl, Ooh. the Central Michigan Chippewas versus the San Diego State Aztecs because I feel like I'm going to see that in a movie someday, Chippewa Indians fighting Aztecs. I like it. This is one I was having a hard time, but I'm going to go with I'm literally really thinking on my feet here, Ryan, because I think I forgot to jot this one down. But I'm going to go with the old 
Riptide, Tulane. I think it's Riptide the Pelican or something like that. Yeah. And uh, what's that? Southern Missouri. I think they're like the Falcons or Hawks. So I've never seen a Tide take on a Hawk or fel- whatever, some <laughs> kind of bird they are. So I think that could be an intriguing matchup to uh, to check out. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was kind of hoping that the Miami would have played uh, would have played um, uh, Iowa State. So you had the Hurricanes versus Cyclones. That would have definitely been my number one mascot matchup. Yeah. All right. And let, and let me correct myself. It's the it is the Riptide, but it's the Tulane. They're known as the Green Wave, Ryan. Okay, so you're you're having waves fighting birds. birds. Yep. Okay. Okay, I like it. I dig it. Uh, worst location for a bowl game. Let's see how we did this because I did this from like a fan perspective. Um, so you can go first with yours. Yeah, I did this from a city perspective because I was in there briefly for my honeymoon this year. In Jacksonville, <laughs> there's like not there's like nothing going on during Jacksonville. I mean, yes, it'll be nice, it'll be nice and warm during the winter, but I was having a hard time just find a place that was open before 2 p.m. to get a beer at. For God's sakes, I have no idea what time that bowl the Tax Slayer Bowl game is. But if you're talking location where you know you got some you got something to do, you want to get there a couple days ahead of time, uh, yeah, Jacksonville was just. Uh, not a not a super exciting place for me. Okay. I was like, I saw that, and I was like, well, being from Wisconsin, like, I would love to go to Jacksonville in late December. Like, why not? It'd probably be nice and warm, but I see It what might you're be saying. warm, but there's not much going on there. So I had a bit of a bit of a hard one picking between these two, but I'm going to go with the Birmingham Bowl in Birmingham, Alabama, because as a fan, if my team got there, like I would be like, fuck no. Nope. Don't want to go there. Sounds like a shitty city. Who knows what the weather is going to be like. That stadium is always ugly. I feel like every time they play that game, um, it is always just like cloudy and like mid-40s down there. So I want that. The other one I was having troubles with was the Pinstripe Bowl in New York City simply because I wouldn't want to have to deal with New York City going to a bowl game. No, am I wrong yeah. for think am I, am I wrong for thinking that? Nope, I agree with you. I think the Bur- I was eyeing the Birmingham Bowl a little bit, but I thought maybe that's one of those you just kind of make a little bit of a joke of weekend like let's go to goddamn Birmingham, rip it up, <laughs> see what it's about. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking like no, I don't want to fucking go. Also, well, um Oh, no, we already went through it. Um, My uh, runner-up for worst bowl matchup was actually at the Birmingham Bowl, which is Boston College in Cincinnati. So kind of a double whammy for you. Yeah, especially this year. All right, best place for a bowl game. Again, I'm thinking about this from the fan perspective. Uh, I had to go with the Bahamas. Because if my team made it, if Michigan was in the Bahamas Bowl, which is never going to happen because they're not a MAC team, but if they were, I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, let's go." Love so it. I went, I went with that. I think that's all they said. My honorable mentions were Hawaii and Las Vegas. Gotcha. Mine was just from a pure location of where the game is. Been to one, Ryan. I'm going again. 
most iconic sporting event I've ever been is the, is the Rose yep. Bowl. Just beautiful scenery, ambiance, history, badgers. Just just a glorious sight. Yep, can't argue with that. Cannot argue with the Rose Bowl. I've never been because Michigan's never been in my life. Well, they have been once in my lifetime, maybe twice since I've known football. But maybe one day I'll go. Maybe, Ryan. Maybe one day. All right. Best sponsor for a bowl game. Jake, you can go first. Uh, yeah, I went to, besides, you know, shout out to all the true bowls, but how could you go against something called the bad boy mowers gas gasparilla is that bowl is that how you pronounce that last word yeah it kind of loses me in the gasparilla but bad boy mowers mowers bowl you you gotta love it It, it's just exciting (laughs) to say it can you not say bad boy mowers and not just feel awesome no it does it does feel cool it does feel cool uh so that's where you and i differed on this one because I went straight to researching what players get for going to each bowl. Oh, you went to the uh, gifts. Oh, yeah. that's. I was like, all right, if I'm a player and I get invited to a bowl game, like what the fuck am I getting? So it's funny that you mentioned the military because I'm going with the military bowl, which this year is North Carolina and Temple. Every player gets a 60-inch Vizio H4K HDTV and a Mega Boom wireless portable speaker. Boom. So you get a f- almost a $500 TV and a wireless speaker. Just yep. for being on the fucking team. So that's where I went with. Uh, worst uh, bull sponsor, again, I went the gifts route here. Um, so I guess in doing my research, I found out that a lot of these bulls have what they call like quote unquote like gift suites yeah players like just get to like walk through and like pick whatever they want so the mitsubishi motors las vegas bowl boise state in washington they have the gift suite so who knows who knows what's in this gift suite yep. there might be a lot of there might be a lot of cool shit but what they get for sure jake is a portable charger a beanie and socks this is like your grandma's bowl. This is like what grandma gets you for Christmas. I hope they're like knitted socks by grandma. <laughs> Fucking, you get a pair of socks for going to this bowl game. So that's yeah, what I, I went with. I had that one. I was noting that gift, so I was going to mention that as well. <laughs> I went from sticking with my name theme. How boring is the celebration bowl? Like, come on. <laughs> For God's sakes, the celebration bowl. What the hell are you celebrating? It's one of the worst. Like you're not. You didn't even have a good we- record. It's like what? I, I don't know. I need. I need a little. I need. I need a little. Bo- now, Ryan, if they would have thrown a bad boy celebration bowl in there, <laughs> then you know maybe I could jump on board. But you know, just a celebration bowl. That's not. That's not doing it. Looks. It sounds like we're going to a, a three-year-old's birthday party. Yeah, I don't like that one. <laughs> What the celebration bowl? Who plays in that one? Uh, you know I should have jotted down the teams. Let's let's <laughs> okay. let's uh lay here. Let's use our friend uh, Google here quick. <laughs> it was. I don't think I noticed that one. Are you sure Cele- that's a bowl? Well, I, it was on the list. Yeah, it's uh, it's Alcorn State versus North Carolina. 
AT&T's Celebration Bowl. What the fuck are you looking at? What? Yeah. It's on December 19th, or it's on something. Yeah, it's the Celebration Bowl. December 21st, played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. That's in, that's that's not a okay. Okay. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So that's Jake, you do realize that's not a FBS Division 1 game, right? Oh, it's North Carolina <laughs> A&T. Yeah. Oh, good god. Well, that's I went lit. way deep. I went way deep into research here. Hey, it's still a bowl uh, game. Yeah, it's a bowl. It is a bowl game. Okay. That's your worst bowl game. Yeah, Jesus. What are they selling? Is that, what are they... Is that... Oh, God. I literally Googled bowl, bowl game names and saw that one. I was like, this one sucks. Uh, that's fucking so this is So this is like a national championship game. It's a... Um, it'll be... Well, okay, well, technically, technically it is a bowl game, but it just features FCS teams. Yeah, so there you go. It's still a bowl game. It comes. Yeah. Oh, my God, that was fucking funny. I was like, what are you talking about? Sorry I went way I, deep into the research department there. I didn't, like, see that one. Okay. Well, mark it down yeah. in the calendars, folks. December 21st. Okay, at noon. Love it. Okay, the Celebration Bowl. Worst one. Yeah, North North Carolina AT&T didn't even win their fucking conference. Yeah. What are they celebrating? <laughs> I, I don't know. And who are they playing? Alcorn State. Alcorn yep. State. Well, they're two. Di- maybe they the SWAC. They play in the SWAC. They might have lost their championship game or something. But okay, that's fucking funny. All right, let's move on to segments. Um, let's talk a little college basketball. Jake, you got a note here about college basketball in general. How the hell is is anyone good? No. I- Everyone, it seems like every time someone's like mentions like a team that you're like, oh, they they were supposed to be good this year, they're just losing. I think every team, it was like besides Michigan State, who was undefeated in the Big Ten, and there was one team that was 0-2. Besides that, every single Big Ten team was tied for second place. I mean, granted, you're only like three games in, but like everyone was one and one or one one and two or whatever the hell it was. And so literally everyone just losing to everyone. Kentucky lost again to a Utah team who's lost to a couple terrible teams. I have no idea what the hell is going on in college basketball this year. It's like, no, everyone's just like putting a pause. Maybe March will get some big time basketball rolling. I don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah, Maryland uh, just lost to Seton Hall tonight. They were the number seven ranked team. And Seton Hall was uh, out two starters. They didn't even have two <laughs> starters tonight. Yeah. Yeah, no, the thing was is if Northwestern would have beat Michigan State last night, everybody in the Big Ten in the conference would have been one and one. Yep. Which would have been hilarious. So yeah, you're you're right. Michigan State's two and all, but they're eight and three overall. Ohio State lost to Minnesota. Like what the fuck? They were rolling teams. I know. Pretty hand- Min- lose- Minnesota like dominated in most of the game too. Yeah, I think it, that was I think weird. It, I think the one consistent theme, I think it was until Michigan State, as you um, said, beat Northwestern. Before then, every single Big Ten home team 
had won the game so far this year, Ryan. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Little uh, might have to track the old betting pattern there. See if you can sprinkle a few winnings out there for yourself. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, it should, I think, slow up now because I think these like next two weeks is when all these Division One teams play like all the shitty. It's like their yeah. FCS opponents basically, and then they roll into Big Ten play. So Michigan actually January fifth on my birthday they play at Michigan State on CBS. It's a big early game. Yes, it is. Big, big is early that a, game. Is yeah. that a sun, Sunday game? Yep. Yep, that's a time where they sneak in the game right before the hour before, right the, before the, the NFL the NFL game. Yeah, right before the playoffs. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know who the fuck is good anymore. Neither do I. Like, I mean, it, it'll I, work itself out, but it's just hilarious that these teams just keep like losing. Just like randomly, like not even yeah. to good teams. No. Yeah. So I think it's one of those kind of you have to, I mean, just like it should be every year, but wait till the middle of conference play. I will say specifically for my Badger basketball, obviously a little bit of a sour note the first uh, few weeks of the year, but they finally, Michael Potter's out of jail from the NCAA bullshit, Ryan. So get a little size on the team. And <clears throat> the Badgers are the one team though, Ryan, that do have another yes. intriguing matchup coming up before uh, the real deep dive in the conference play. They go to Tennessee, uh, I believe, oh. either right at the end of December or beginning of January. So big road t- game. Badgers have not even won a goddamn road game or a neutral site game, anything away from the Coal Center. So another big opportunity uh, to see – if we can at least take the step in a right direction there. All right. Well, yep. When they and get, then, when they get Potter back, maybe we'll make a run. Yep. There you go. Love it. Uh, I didn't also put on there, Ryan, but you know, also had a nice big, uh, big victory tonight. Who's that? Our, oh. our Milwaukee oh, yeah. Bucks. Fucking Lakers. Giannis. Lakers made a comeback, but I just looked a video on my phone briefly. Giannis, Picked up a fake crown and put it on his head. Going into a timeout after he drained a three right in front of goddamn LeBron. Love it. Are you serious? I didn't fucking see that. I've been having the game on in front of me the whole time. He crowned himself. Oh. Love it. Giannis, Giannis had such a good game. That, dude, he he looked like fucking Reggie Miller out there. Who was <laughs> in the game? Five for eight from three just Dude, Gian- Giannis is like shooting like forty percent from three this year. Yeah, he's the Bucks' best three-point shooter. Yeah, because Middleton just fucking disappears for random games. He had a good game tonight, but yeah, um, that kind of sucks that they lost to the Mavs. Just like oh, randomly. I know they just had the... a bad game. Yeah, Luca they... was even out too. It was like, what in the hell is going on? Well, P- Porzingis, I watched the third and fourth quarter. Game. Porzingis was just. Drilling threes from oh, all yeah. over the goddamn he place every time the Bucks miss. would make a run. Yeah. So, there it'll be interesting. Bucks are in a roll. They got um, Knicks, Pacers. They got a big game against the Seventy Sixers on uh, yep. Christmas Day. Yep. Because NBA tries to shove that shit down our throats. Mm. Um, I think there's like two good matchups, maybe. Yeah, they, that, I saw it when day. they re- yeah when they released them. Um, I can't remember all, but I remember they released him in the beginning of the year, and I was kind of like, eh. And I think the Bucks playing like the first one again, don't they? 
they play at the one at like noon, I want to say. So the Celtics play the Raptors at Raptors at eleven, Bucks at seventy sixers at one thirty, the Rockets at the Warriors. <laughs> Warriors, yeah. I mean, obviously they're cashing in this year, but at four, Clippers at Clippers versus at Lakers, whatever. At seven, and then Pelicans at Nuggets at night. Obviously That's they were late, thinking Zion. Late. Yeah, yeah, they were thinking Zion would be there, which he's not. So. Oh. Um, no. No, so really you got the you got the box Celtics and then the LA matchup are really the only two iconic games for there. So yeah, a little bit more to be desired from that perspective. Yes, 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 yes. All right, let's end this miserable bitch of the week. Jake, what do you got? You know, Ryan, this is kind of going to be more of a. a a seasonable miserable bitch uh, okay. for the for this time of year okay. and i am going and i'm going to go uh with inter- everyone deep down internally just our internal loins of our bodies <laughs> it's the time of the year you know it's holiday season it's kind of like you know any filter thought in your head where you like you know maybe a normal course course of the year you're maybe trying to stick to a little diet you know eat a little healthier during the week uh, so you can do whatever you want on the weekends. Holiday season, there's no filter, Ryan. You see a goddamn cookie bar that looks good, you grab that thing. You see another sweet, sugary drink, you're like, yeah, give me one of those. (laughs) Yep. Aunt Mary's cheesy potatoes with some brown sugar on top of them. That looks nice. Hand me some of that. And by uh, January 5th, you're just kind of laying on your couch, depressed because all the bowl games and football's done, and and you're just your body's just feeling like complete dog shit because all you've done is ate and drank, ate sugar cubes and drank booze for about a month straight. And so yeah, I'm just teeing up for the loins to be the miserable bitch of the holiday season. Well, I can't disagree with you there because that's that's what that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna go through starting this weekend probably. Same with everyone else. So, uh, all right, my miserable bitch of the week is. Jake, did you know there's a big movie coming out this week? Ooh, Star that, Wars, Ryan? Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. The Rise of Skywalker. I that was pretty good. You could be the emperor. Uh, uh, yeah. So my miser- my miserable bitch of the week is hardcore Star Wars fans because apparently this movie is um entertaining but not good. And Star Wars fans are a bitchin' Jake, and they are miserable, and they are pissed off at everyone who made these films because they have no fucking point. What was the point of these three movies? They don't do anything that supplement the first six. They fucking suck. Why did the Emperor come back? There's no point. Why is Rey who she is? I haven't seen the movie. I'm not going to spoil anything. Why is Rey who she is? What the fuck does Finn do? What's the point of Poe? It is hilarious to read the bitching going on online. It is like what I went through with Game of Thrones. That's what I was going to ask. You think it's kind of like a Game <laughs> of Thrones fact uh, factor a little bit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Except for I think the Game of Thrones guys had a plan and they executed it to perfection, but their plan was fucking shitty. Yeah, I, I will agree um, with that. They, they executed their plan well. Their plan just sucked. And that was yes. the problem. 
Yes. Star I, Wars fans are bitching that there was never a plan to begin with, and I guess it's kind of evident when you see the movie because it's like... Um, I guess people are saying this one is basically a sequel to The Force Awakens, and they are just like forgetting everything that happened in the last one, which was The Last Jedi. Which I, I'm I'm not a massive man. I'm a... I'd say I'm a Star Wars fan, but I'm not like a diehard. Like I went to both the most recent movies, and I did think the last one was like, eh, "This is like makes like no sense in the scream of like Star Wars." But whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm probably gonna go this one as as soon as I can, and I'm sure I'm gonna enjoy it. But I just I just love watching people be miserable and in misery over TV shows and shit because I go through it too, and it's just I just love it. Love it. I love it when it love it when it happens to other people. And I can just read about it on the internet and read about people bitch about theories and other shit and what they should have done. Fucking love it. All right, that is it for this week at Two Hand Touch. Uh, thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share it. Uh, if you go see Star Wars, I hope it's a good experience. Uh, and that's that's all we got for you, Jake. Any last parting words? Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give the old Badger volleyball team shout out. Made the national ship today, tonight. Big win over number one Baylor. And you know what, folks? Let's have some happy holidays. Let's all just relax and enjoy the goddamn Packers as they march into the playoffs and not get our undies and abundies around the Christmas uh, holiday tables. Yeah, enjoy the 11 and 3. Don't get those undies in bundies. Yep. That's don't it. get the undies. In, don't get the undies in bundies. We'll leave you with that. Have a good weekend. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Michigan! Michigan wins. Go. Two to go. Trip to the Sweet 16. Katie's got it. Rises up. The shot. And it's good. It's good. Wisconsin has won it. Hasselback maybe changing the play of the line. Looks left and right. Takes the snap, short drop, quick throw, left side. Yes! Interceptor. The right side. Going down the right side. Into the end zone. It is Al Harris. Touchdown. Dagger. Al Harris. 56 yards to a game-winning touchdown. Green Bay Packers. 21. And he puts it up. Edwards in the time. Touchdown.